and I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds to rate, comment, all greatly appreciate it. So yes, we are back. It took a, was what was supposed to be a one week hiatus, but turned into two week um, hiatus because it is October and if you've listened for a while then you know October is my birthday month so still not done celebrating have more to do but <laughs> just it's just been a lot the first three um what is it two weeks three weeks of October see I don't even know how long we've been in October that's how crazy everything has been but um yeah so I've been off celebrating but I am back because we have some shows that we need to talk about and if you clicked on this, then that means that you are here to hear what I have to say, my thoughts and opinions on She-Hawk. Um, there will be spoilers. I am not the comic book expert. Uh, if you listen to any of my other Marvel um, or superhero related episodes, then you know I just literally say whatever I want to say and we can get it wrong and that's okay. We can cordially have a conversation about it. So let's get into She-Hulk. She-Hulk debuted on Disney Plus and She-Hulk was nine episodes, um, about definitely less than 30 minutes. I would say about like 22-ish minutes if I had to give it an average and that's just me making it up on the spot. But, um, the star, the stars Tatiana Maslany, uh, as Jennifer Walters or She-Hulk, we had a lot of guest appearances. Um, also starred, okay, Ginger Gonzaga. I don't think I've seen her in anything, but she played Nikki. Um, Jen's friend, Jamila Jamil played Titania. Of course, we got to see Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. Um, Josh Segarra, who I was like, why does he look so familiar? Oh my gosh, why does he look so familiar? To the point where I was just like, okay, we're just gonna have to Google it. And he was in Arrow, um, but he played Pug. Uh, we got to see Tim Roth as Abomination. Um, we saw Benedict Wong as Wong. I'm trying to, I'm trying to hit on all the familiar people. Oh, of course, the biggest one towards the end, Charlie Cox as Daredevil making his second appearance in the MCU uh, in the last like year. Because <laughs> Spider-Man was last year, right? Or this year. Oh my gosh. See, time. Where where has it gone? Um, but making his second appearance in the MCU since the uh, Daredevil show over on Netflix had been canceled. And we kind of talked about this previously how all the Marvel shows have been added to Disney Plus and they like updated like the ratings and all of that. But we're going to talk a little bit more about Charlie later. Let's get over She-Hawk. So this is going to be super high level. We're actually not going to get into the weed weeds of things because not going to lie, this was an interesting watch. Um, we do know, oh, Meg the Stallion, Megan. Um, we did see a cameo from her earlier in the, um, I'm only saying that because I'm like looking at her in uh, She-Hawk twerk. <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, this is really happening. So that just speaks to how like insane and um, not even insane, but like definitely was going the comedic route. Um, I would have to say of everything that we've seen on 
Disney Plus, and I'm just going to compare this to Disney Plus. We have seen more comedic shows, one being Loki, um, and every show has been different in its own way. Coming into this, I was like, okay, is this going to be like a lawyer procedural? Because like uh, essentially every episode, and I found myself asking myself like, what was the main theme of the season? But I think it was really just Jen coming into her own as She-Hawk, like if we want to put it as simple as that. Um, and it wasn't too uh, technical or we didn't need like the super in-depth thing. But if we take a step back and just look at the season, how it kind of how the episodes flowed from one episode to the next, it was essentially a uh, procedural. Now, I don't watch a lot of, I mean, I guess you could say I do, but like the SVUs, all that stuff, like that is not my thing. Um, but you all know, like, I love me some How to Get Away with Murder, Scandal, like, those are other shows that I would say kind of have a formulaic like uh format to them another one being like the good doctor like anything that's coming on network tv <laughs> it's very formulaic so getting into it is like okay it's going to be a case the case of the week even like thinking about like the like oh, the arrow thinking about arrow the flash um like all those dc superhero tv shows it's like every week there's some bad guy or like someone and the team needs to like go and defeat although in this it wasn't really that Jen needed to go and like defeat someone, but like there, she was getting a new case pretty much almost every episode. So in that way, it was formulaic. And so you're kind of like, oh, it's like a procedural type of a thing. You get like a little bit comfortable in it. But then we have this moment. I know we're, we're jumping. We're, we're, we're just going to have to jump around. We have this moment in the finale that really, <laughs> that's why I say, I don't know how I feel about it. This show kind of took me all over the place. We had the moment where, like, we're pretty much at the climax. Um, Jen is going up against uh, the kid. Actually, I wrote the group name down because I was like, I'm going to forget what this group is called. Um, but, oh my gosh, Intelligentsia. So, like, Intelligentsia, I guess you could say, is, like, the main threat to Jen throughout the entire thing. Um, very much we were getting, like, toxic bro culture um men who hate women or have something against women clearly maybe somehow had some type of negative experience with women in their lives and so therefore their only way to like get out of their, their system is to go online anonymously and like attack women now we're gonna jump guys i'm sorry we're just gonna have to jump this kind of leads into what was going on in like the real world real life like me and you irl um, because when this first dropped, I was like, why is this getting like so many low reviews? And like, I watch, I watch, um, anything that drops on Disney plus like the Marvel TV shows, like all that pretty quickly. Like if not that night that it drops like the next day. And I was just like the beginning when the first episode drops, like, why is this getting like, why is it rated so lowly? And then watching, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I know why it literally got, um, review bombed by this is, might be controversial but by um men who felt possibly potentially triggered by um some of the themes of the show because it was very much like and it was a little bit too on the nose sometimes I'd be like okay that, that was I can even be like okay that was a little bit too much or that was a little bit too on the nose but 
I mean, at the end of the day, it's a show. It's fiction. I think it's fun to see um, how Marvel tells these different stories and modernizes modernizes them, especially with these characters who they're they're introducing new characters to us on a pretty consistent basis, and a lot of the times it's characters that may not be as mainstream as some of like the bigger characters, like a Captain America. I don't even know. I mean, you all let me know. Pre-MCU, like pre-the movies, who were the big Marvel superheroes? Like if you sat them and you were talking to people who didn't read the comics, like who are the ones who jump out? Spider-Man, Captain America, Hulk, like the core, the core group. So like, I think it's interesting the way that they're telling those same stories, but kind of modern, modernizing them. Uh, and I know a lot of times when we get into, because um, a lot of, there was like art imitates life, whatever. But a lot of times um, I feel like it makes it so that the audience relates more to what they're watching if we tie the stories to what's going on in the real world. And as on the nose and as maybe a little bit over the top as some of the themes and scenes may have been with Jen, between Jen and some of the men um, in the show. I mean, at the end of the day, these are still themes and things and interactions that happen on um, in the real world. So in that sense, I mean, I didn't have a problem with it, but clearly a lot of triggered men had an issue with it and decided to write a ton of negative reviews. So I will not solely base <laughs> your thoughts and opinions or even if you're listen, listening to this for some reason and you haven't watched the show, I will not um, decide on if you should watch the show based on those ratings because they are very, 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 very skewed towards the negative. Like I think today I checked and it was like, IMD was like 2.5 or 3, 3 or something like that, which is like the show is not a three star show, let's be honest. And then, um, on like Google because you know Google can show you its own like user reviews and I think it's like 1.5 so it's like way off um but I say all that to say I mean I think some of the stuff was very predictable like even if I go back to Josh uh to Josh to um episode seven is that when we were introduced to Josh I think so or no, we were introduced to Josh, it was episode six, whenever the freaking, uh, I think it was episode six, whenever the wedding was. And then we got an episode seven, I was like, oh my gosh, Josh is cute, but hopefully he's not evil. And I was like, of course he's going to be evil. <laughs> and he's the one who ruins her life. And they essentially slut shame um, her, which was like, okay. Um, and then episode eight is when we see Matt Murdock, AKA Daredevil, cause he plays Leapfrog's lawyer. And before we get into Daredevil, because I think once I start to talk about Daredevil, that's going to lead into some other stuff I want to talk about Daredevil. And I want to make sure I get everything out about the show. Um, overall, I love the guest appearances. I'm glad that we got Bruce in the beginning. We didn't need to see him like come and swoop in, even though we had that moment at the end, the climax. Let's talk about the climax. Clearly, 
we were on that track and then I started talking about other things. So this is where I was like, cause I was like, okay, this is a fun show. It's like not a lot of, um, like things that needs to be serious. Like it's just really one of those shows where it's just like you throw it on and it's probably, I, don't, I hate to say this, but it could be like a multitask show where you're like, oh, you're watching, but you could be multitasking. But then it's also like, it's Marvel. So it's like, if you multitask, you might miss something. But even still, just the way and the theme and the feel of the show to me was just very much relaxed. And I didn't feel like I was like on the edge of my seat, like, oh my gosh, I got to keep up with all the things that are going on. Um, well, we get towards to the finale and it's like at this point, um, Intelligentsia had slut shamed and doxed Jen. It, is it doxing if we already knew who Jen was? I guess not. But <laughs> um, they had pretty much put all of her business out there online. Uh, she was losing everything. She had to move back home with her parents. Uh, and so she went to escape like everything and go to Bonsky's like retreat or whatever. And lo and behold, Intelligentsia is there and Intelligentsia is ran by this guy who like we see him throughout. Is it Todd? Is that his name? I think his name is Todd. We see him throughout uh, the show and it's kind of like, oh, he's there. But it's like, okay, you don't really, I don't know. If you're not really paying attention, it's kind of like, oh, why would he be the bad guy? But then it makes sense that he is the bad guy because he's just always, always there. <laughs> so it's like pretty like blatantly, blatant that like, oh, okay. We need to keep an eye on this guy because something's going on here. But he's the one behind Intelligentsia. And so he's there. Bonsky's retreat. Bonsky is turning to the abomination, even though he should not be because of the deal that he made to be in the free world. And so it's just pretty much everything that could potentially be triggering for Jen is all in one room. And so when she gets in there and then like Pug and uh, Nikki are there investigating who is behind Intelligentsia so that they can, um, like, clear Jen's name because, you know, Jen, like, literally had a freak out moment and, like, destroyed everything. <laughs> um, I mean, clearly, I would be mad, too. Like, who does that? But, I mean, why is that even a question? We know who, do, who does these types of things. But anyway, so um, all this stuff is, like, building up. And so it's essentially just, it's chaos, <laughs> that happens on the screen and it kind of like took me back you have to have been listening for a very long time to remember when I discussed um the amazing spider-man 2 and the ending of it and how much like I just it would go back and listen to that if you have not listened to that but it was just like so much is happening towards the end it's just like you think it's about to end but it does it's just like pal after pal after pal pal of stuff and I was just like, oh, I just did not like it. So um, that's kind of what was happening here. And then essentially Jen like stops everything. And she like, because she breaks the third wall the, the entire season. Like we knew that's what she was going to do from the trailers before the show even started. She did it throughout the entire um, season. Kind of gives you a little bit of like a sitcom type of feel even though there's no laugh track just with like the brain the third wall like consistently throughout um I think she does it every episode multiple times um but she breaks the third I don't I wouldn't even call it the third wall it's like 
can you get even deeper than the third wall? <laughs> and it kind of, and it goes into like the Disney menu where I guess they want you to feel like, oh, did you accidentally stop the um, show or whatever? So I was sitting there, I was like, what the, what is going on? Why are we doing this? And I think that was the part that like really made me be like, huh. Like I was, I was good going the entire time, but then we got to that part and I was just like, okay, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and so we see her like looking for whoever is behind the um, show and she breaks into the writer's room and they're like, oh my gosh, why are you here? You're not supposed to be here. And she's like asking them all these questions. Um, and then they make like a note about, oh, like the visual effects has moved on. And then we hear the, da -da -da -da, or I'm literally about to butcher that, but you know, the, do -do -do. <laughs> I don't even know why I keep trying, but you know, the little like musical melody thing that we can connect to Black Panther. So that was like a shout out to like, oh, Black Panther is literally coming up next next month uh I think it's November 11th it's November 11th Friday I literally cannot remember but Black um, Black Panther is next uh she fights security and she's looking for Kevin Feige and of course it's not going to be the real Kevin Feige's uh, actual robot AI machine and he's like this is why we do this like essentially being like this is why we do all the superhero movies like that like we can see all the different superhero films on the screen I did not do any slow-mos I'm sure there are people who did slow-mos and were like looking at the screen it's like oh look at this this is this this is a this is an easter egg or this is this like I did not do that <laughs> so I can't even tell you but you can tell me if you know um but, and she was just like, why do we have to do this? Why can't it just wrap up in this nice way? Why does it have to be this whole thing? Um, I feel like we're losing the plot. At that point, I was with her. I was like, okay, I feel like we're losing the plot here. <laughs> what is happening? Uh, she's like, why can't it just be like what the core story is? And I think the, <sighs> this is what I feel like. Because to me, outside of the theme of like man or trash or like, men who are triggered or not even triggered yeah triggered by um women are trash like that was clearly a thing and then also the theme of like Jen being she-hog and learning to learning to love who she is as both Jen and she-hog clearly a theme but everything else it was kind of like okay but what is going on here what is the story like it seems a little bit like maybe there could be as if we don't know what our end goal is. And so when we got to that climax moment, like she breaks out and everything that happens when she's at, um, at the studio is like acknowledging to me that maybe there is a case to be made that the plot has been lost. But then it was like, okay, whatever. I can forgive you for all of that. But then we just like come back and it's like, oh, Monsley's going back to, into custody and like everything's kind of wrapped up in any bow and then uh Matt Murdock is back it was just like <laughs> it was so weird and I was so mad um but yeah and then at the end like Hulk returns with his son Scar and I was like okay when is the next time that we see Hulk because we know um Bruce was like on some type of mission this entire time because we saw him get called away earlier in the season and then he just returns and he has a son and the son is named Scar. Where did the son come from? Who is the mother? So many questions. So many questions. <laughs> so many questions. 
when do we see Hawk next again? Are we going to answer those questions? Because, like, you can't just drop that bomb and then just be like, oh, okay. And not give us anything else. And then the end credit scene. Uh, we did have, I thought they were going to do end credit scenes the entire season because we got them all the way through episode one and four. So the first four episodes had end credit scenes, uh, which, like, I mean, they did not add anything additional, I don't think, because one was like, we learned that Wong's favorite drink is gin and tonic. Another one was when we see gin um, and Meg twerk it out. So, like, they weren't like groundbreaking mid credit scenes. But we do get one at the finale, and we see Wong break, break Blonsky out of prison, which we know it's something that he had done um, previously uh, and potentially jeopardized uh, Blonsky being able to get out the first time. So all that to say, I don't know, it was a little bit weird. I'll give my, my final thoughts in a minute, but let's talk about Daredevil. So Daredevil, we've seen him in Spider-Man, No Way Home. Um, he shows up as a lawyer because remember is a lawyer. And then we see him in this season of She-Hawk in episodes eight and nine. And he shows up as, uh, Leapfrog. Is that his name? Jeez, I already forgot. Leapfrog's attorney. <laughs> and then we get to see a, a mini showdown between him and She-Hawk. Uh, and then... We also see him in a new suit. It's red and yellow. Yellow, like, on the head. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the suit, but, like, that's that's what we have. Um, we get to see Daredevil do a walk of shame because, of course, he and um, Jen hook up, which, you know, whatever. I mean, I guess. I don't know. But then we also almost got, like, another epic hallway scene, but then She-Hulk kind of ruins it. So it just leads me to all of these questions about we know that we're getting a 18 episode season of Daredevil on Disney Plus. He is back. His own show. It's called Daredevil Born Again. It's going to be 18 episodes. Uh, and I was reading an interview that he did, and he was talking about like being back in the MCU and kind of like he's still processing it because you know Daredevil on Netflix was canceled and and. The thing that I love about a lot of the people or the actors in MCU is like they seem to genuinely enjoy playing these characters. And so he said, well, it was a lot for him emotionally to process. And he had kind of finally gotten over it emotionally. And then he got a call from Kevin Feige in 2020. And um, they were kind of like, oh, we want to bring Daredevil back. And the two instances that they said that they wanted to bring Daredevil back was for Spider-Man and then for um, She-Hulk, which essentially dropped concurrently <laughs> and then he found out this year uh a few months ago that they were bringing him back to do a whole 18 episode show so he's like he has no idea what the show is going to be about um but like he thinks it's interesting that they brought Daredevil back to do 18 an 18 episode show I think 18 episodes is so long y'all already know how I feel about a long season of tv 18 episodes is painstakingly long especially on Disney plus and they're going to drop it week to week oh my gosh I cannot even imagine um and we're talking about something that came from Netflix and was like 10 episodes a season I believe if I'm recalling correctly <sighs> that's going to be a lot but I think the thing that I'm kind of hesitant about and I think while it was like great seeing Daredevil on, on the screen like from everything I've seen it's been a very positive 
reaction. I think the thing that I am questioning is what does a Daredevil standalone show look like? Like, I think it makes sense. Daredevil pops up in Spider-Man, pops up in She-Hulk, and those are lighter shows. So we're not going to get this dark, broody, like, Daredevil. That's why I think it was fun to see him actually fight fight in She-Hulk and be like, okay, no, this is still Daredevil. Like, he can still tear some shit up. Like, that was great to see. But then it's like, like, how does he fit in this world? And it's going to be on Disney+. Plus. Even though they, like, upped the whole parental controls or whatever, like, are they, like, how gritty are they really going to get? Because even Moon Knight apparently was supposed to be gritty, but they didn't really go that far. And really the only um, gritty thing that they have is Deadpool. And Deadpool is something that happened outside of Marvel Studios and is now this next Deadpool. Deadpool that we're getting is within the MCU so like we still don't even really know what a truly R-rated thing looks like in the MCU I think that's going to be our I think it's going to be our first I feel like I just read that dates got pushed um for some of these movies but like as far as TV shows on Disney plus like we haven't truly had that um really gritty like R mature rated it will be maturated um tv show appear on disney plus in the mcu so i don't know i still want it because it's like yeah we can give him some light and some more depth and one of the things that charlie Goss was saying because i think the question came up and he was saying like um talking about like how he was interjected into these more light-hearted um show show slash movie and, I mean, I thought it was funny seeing Daredevil do the walk of shame. Like, I truly laughed out loud. Um, and I thought he did great, like, bringing light to the character. But I don't know. It's just something. It don't even, like, it's just the fight scenes. <laughs> like, truly. The fight scenes that are just, like, always so good. And, like, really, some of Marvel's best work, if I'm, if I'm being, like, completely honest. I really did enjoy Daredevil. I really did. And I have talked about Daredevil. So if you want to hear more in-depth thoughts on Daredevil, um, you can go and listen to those. But I don't know. I don't know. It's like a big question mark for me. I want to see what they do. We're not getting Daredevil born again. And this is called Daredevil born again. And y'all know, I don't read the comics. So like, I don't know if this is based on a comic or whatever. But when we say born again, like that means, and he's died and come back, died and come back. Or I don't know that we could say he really died, but like we thought that he was dead and then he's come back. Um, but in this instance, it's like, what, like, are we saying metaphorically, like born again, as in like, oh, the, the old is dead, as in like previously was on Marvel and now the new is here. And one of the things Charlie said, I know I, I keep calling this interview but I felt like I got a lot of insight from it was he was saying that um it will always still be the same daredevil it's just as with as we as humans evolve like daredevil will evolve and he will kind of um it will depend on like where he's at in time what his situation is what's going on in his life so like it may not necessarily be like the big like the world that we were in on Netflix was like very dark and brooding and he was in like a very dark and brooding place. Whereas when we see him next, he that may not necessarily be his circumstance. So I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I'm very, very, very excited on the edge of my seat to see see Daredevil and what what we do <laughs> with him. When I say like Daredevil, like I loved 
I loved Daredevil. Um, like I have the little, what are the little Funko Pop things. And of course I have Captain America because y'all know if you've looked for a while, Cap is my favorite <laughs> uh, superhero, but also like Daredevil. I have one of Daredevil. I have some other ones too, but like those two are like the ones that's like, I have to get those because like those are my faves. So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about. Actually, let me make sure that's all I wanted to talk about. Um, I When I say that I took exceptional notes, I took exceptional notes. Um, oh, yeah. Because I put Daredevil through the lens of comedy. Makes sense for Seahawk, but want the same level of brutal violence for a standalone show. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Also, going back to, like, triggered men... Um, one of the things I put was like, so people are upset because Jen is better than Bruce, which is essentially like the fragility of some men to think like, oh my gosh, she can't, because she says that she's better. It's just like, oh my gosh. And it's not all, it's some, specifically the ones who were triggered and wrote one star reviews and literally did not need to. Or even didn't even need to watch it. They didn't like it. They didn't like it. Or they felt triggered. They felt triggered. But that doesn't mean go write a useless one-star review. So, overall, I thought it was fun. It was interesting. Um, an interesting, like, style of storytelling for introducing us to um, Jen Walters, a.k.a. She-Hulk. Not sure when we're going to see her again. Didn't see anything, like, pop up like... She-Hawk will be back. Unless I missed it, I don't think that they had that. I even tried to Google like season two, although Loki, it took a minute before we even um, got word on season two. But I think I saw something where, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Tatiana. I, in my mind, I want to say Titania, but Tatiana would say like, she's not sure if that, if like they have a season two so I mean I wouldn't mind a season two I just I like I just don't know where else we would see her I mean like I know where else we could see we could see her because she is a lawyer for um empowered people but or super powered people but yeah I don't know I don't know I enjoyed it overall I would give it like a solid like I don't rate <laughs> I'm sitting here like I don't rate tv shows but I thought it was good I would definitely recommend it um to people to watch so yeah those are my thoughts on she-hawk attorney outlaw um let me know what you thought and i will talk to you all in the next episode that's the end of the episode thanks for sticking through it to the end be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently visiting on instagram and at currently on twitter also hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on and i'll talk to you in the next one